Welcome back to The Short Game. This is the show where we discuss short video games, the kind of games you could probably complete in an evening or a weekend, uh, but the kind of games that try things that larger games don't dare to try. I'm your host, Reagan Kelly, and I am joined this week by my co-hosts, Laura Nash. How are you doing, Laura? I'm doing great. Nate, how are you? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. And Shane, my good brother, how are you doing today? So good that I can't even describe it. And we are doing one of our short episodes. This is the second part of our book club, if you will, on Life is Strange from Don't Nod Entertainment. Um, if you haven't listened to the first episode of our book club, uh, we did a full-length episode about the first chapter of uh, of life is strange this one is going to be just an update it's a quick chat about episode two of life is strange so consider this entire episode post spoiler break this is all spoilers we're talking in detail about our reactions to episode two of life is strange Guys, what an episode. Yeah. Seriously, there's it ups the uh, repercussions of your actions much further than I think I was expecting. I oh, don't know man. about you guys. I mean, there are some serious gut punch moments in this, and we'll talk about some of them. We're, we're not going to be going through the whole plot piece by piece. Uh, if you're listening to this, we assume that you've played the game. You're familiar with the plot from episode two. So we're just going to talk about some of our choices and some of the things that stood out to us and speculate about some of the mystery that's still ongoing. But holy yeah. shit, this got intense really fast. Shit got real. The stakes are very much higher. Yeah. Very much yeah. higher. And the stakes swung like crazy. One second you're flirting with your science boyfriend, and the next second you are really dealing with life and death situations. Let's talk about some of those high points in this episode. Um, I, I'm really glad that I played this the first day that it came out because Twitter lit up with reactions to the the big climactic moment towards the end of episode two. Um, so obviously we're talking about Kate Marsh's suicide attempt. Um, you know, there's a throughout the episode we see Kate Marsh dealing with the repercussions of the viral video about her and you know not doing well and being made fun of and getting more and more despondent and there are some moments where we have an option to really be there for her and be her friend but at a cost and there's other moments where we you know might not be there for Kate Marsh when she needs it and the, the game does a great job of just showing you little bits of Kate's life as it happens outside of yours. You know, you see her through a window, walking in the rain, crying, and some other things. And finally, it all climaxes with, you You see her having an argument of some kind with the professor guy. The what? asshole. Yeah, like- uh, Total asshole professor. Professor Jefferson is blaming the victim. Right, I thought, I was like, I was totally on Team Jefferson at the beginning of this game, but what happened to Jefferson? You fell for that handsome face, Reagan. I did. I was just, you know, and all the all the photography terminology he was throwing around, my heart went pitter-pat, but... Um, Reagan can't, can't, doesn't, he, he loves the beard. 
Right? Yeah. He loves the beard. I love the beard. The beard. It's a tight beard. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's almost as good as Nate's beard. <laughs> no matter how good his beard is, he definitely did a lot of victim blaming and yeah. yelling at a girl who was crying, which is not professional for a teacher. This whole no. game seems to basically drill into my head that you can't trust anyone over 30. And as someone who's turning 30, that's really disturbing. Yeah, pretty distressing. Yeah, also, you- also, I don't know any of the young people terminology anymore. Like um, I don't think they do well, either because at yeah, one point yeah. they even referred to themselves as they said um, we haven't hung out this much since we were tweens and I was like mm, no one says I, tweens I study kids which is creepy to say but I study teenagers <laughs> languages about how they refer to themselves and no one calls themselves no a one tween. yeah on the previous episode I actually defended the the language the writing uh, this one it felt even a little. Little less defendable. They, they use they, some really. They silly. use the phrase. Now this one's this one's maybe not just youth terminology. I just think it's like they're stretching for a word for something. They they call Kate uh, a viral slut a lot. Like that's a thing. Like no, everyone thinks I'm a viral slut, and it's like is that a is that a thing? That's not a phrase I've ever heard in any other context. Dude, that's totally a thing. Kate goes to church a lot, and as someone who went to church a lot as a tw- as a teen, you don't actually get a lot of the lingo. As uh, a tween, as it no a, a teen. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but despite the uh, you know despite the lack of proper slang, the writing in this was still fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah, it's still it, solid. It, yeah, yeah, and. and it, as Reagan said, it really can be a gut punch. So yeah. after, you know, this little escapade with the viral slut yelling and uh, the teacher being an ass, I mean, yeah. you're in class normally and a guy runs in and said, shit's going down at the girls' dorm. And you kind of rush towards the girls' dorm and you see Kate Marsh leap off the building to her death. And Repeatedly. Just before she hits the ground, you rewind but you can't rewind much past that moment and you see her jump off the building again and again. And this is the first time we see that Max's health is being impacted by her um, her ability to rewind time. Well, like, kind of. Her no- she's her, getting her nosebleeds. Nose yeah, that had happened twice already earlier in the game. But yeah, in this chapter, you're really pushing that time rewinding in new puzzle, puzzly ways, which are really interesting, both at the... At the outset, when you find yourself at this sort of junkyard area, and then later at the my favorite sequence in the entire chapter, which was at the um, the diner. Yeah, that was great. We'll talk about that because that was a great chunk. But um, we make it up to the roof. I love the way that it handled that. She's rewinding time so hard that basically time is stopped. You see the rain stopped in midair. We make it up to the roof. And there's a scene where you've just worn out your time ability. You cannot rewind time anymore, which that was the I'm, the main thing that I'm glad that they did. Like, you play out the scene where you have to talk Kate Marsh down off of a cliff. And for the first time in the game, you can't rewind time because you are you just can't. Your, your time power is worn out. And so the stakes of that moment of trying to talk her down off of that ledge are super high. What happened to you guys? I talked her down. I talked her down. I basically talked her down, but by pure random chance. Like, it seemed like well, it was asking me to parrot back all these moments from things I'd seen before. So, for example, it asked me to, she was like, nobody cares about me. And I was like, oh, your dad cares about you. Well, I saw her card from her dad. And from what I've read, that's actually the one question that really matters. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, see, yeah, I got yeah. that one wrong though. You did, was, but maybe yeah, you've just been such a good person. Well, and actually, as as a. Uh, emotionally uh, you know tugging as this felt and I, I i love the dynamic where you finally don't have the power um i did feel it was a little clunky where she's like and also i wiped off the board in front of your yeah mm, yeah your it's a checklist room. yeah it was like it was like let me humble brag you off of that ledge like <laughs> it didn't give me that one i guessed that one wrong i said but your mom cares about you so much and she's like Oh, my, my mom, mom hates. hates me. And she was about to jump. And then I quoted the Bible verse. Which yes, I was, randomly closed. Yeah, I got that one. It gave one me lucky. like three choices for Bible verses that were like which her Bible favorite verse? Bible verse. I don't even know. I'm not. I'm no Bible. Oh, yeah, because it's it's on her Bible. It's in her Bible on her desk. Yeah, she flagged. I remember having read it, but I couldn't. It was a pure guess. Yeah. I had seen it at some point. And I randomly guessed it, yeah. And that's how you. So there's a save if you if you miss up. Yeah, if you've been super nice to Kate throughout the whole game, then it's a lot harder to mess this scene up because she's already predisposed to be like pro, you know, you, based on if you answered her call when she called you when you were upset when she was upset, or if you erased things that mean people wrote on her whiteboard outside of her dorm room, and so on and so on. So if you've mm-hmm. already been being nice to Kate, it's not that hard to walk to talk her down off of the ledge. You just have to remember two or three things about her. But if you haven't been nice to her, and I played this game through once on my own, and I was being super nice girl, and then I, uh, Jamie played it through the second time with me and um and jamie's not con- gonna be nice to anybody right <laughs> no <laughs> and uh and i played small world with jamie <laughs> oh yeah yeah she she's uh she takes no prisoners and uh just for contrast we were playing that through as you know kind of the opposite of everything i did in my initial playthrough which meant that we weren't super nice to um uh, to kate um the big one is that you get to d- tell kate whether you think she should go to the police or not about um, well, about what's being done to her, the harassment that she's getting, and and possible and getting date drugged. rape, yeah, yeah, and the possible date rape, um, probable date rape. I mean, ugh. yeah, um, and if you tell her that, if you tell her that you think she shouldn't go to the cops, that you should wait and see how this plays out, which frankly is a reasonable thing to think. Which you I know, did. You, you, you'd think that's you know that's a reasonable thing to think, and if you haven't been nice to her in those ways like you didn't pick up her call and you didn't erase the mean things people wrote about her on her whiteboard and and so on then she will basically stand there on the ledge and accuse you of being a horrible person and then jump and you have almost no way you like at that point you basically got no way to talk her down and that scene was devastating i mean really devastating um i i'm really kind of conflicted about it i, I think that it's a mo- it's more interesting that way the story is more interesting the scene is riveting um but i don't want to be the person that through my inaction and, and assholery let kate marsh die um so yeah, yeah it's, it's it's very conflicted and also as just far as gameplay goes i mean that is a that is a crossroad right there yeah. and i it'll be interesting to see how the playthroughs develop. Are, are you now on an entirely different timeline than us, or is it just going to be kind of like more or less the same with different dialogue? Yeah. Because that's a pretty I big deal. I was definitely an asshole to Kate Marsh. I told her, like, we need to we need to Veronica Mars up some more proof of this before we... 
figure this out before we go to the cops. And I didn't take her phone call, and yet I was still able to talk her down. Wow, so, seriously? Because mm-hmm. that scene played out really did you quickly and stuff? brutally. Yeah, like, um, did, 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 did you, you erase, erase things the on mean the things board and about mirror? Her? And... I did erase the board, but it didn't come up in the conversation. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, like, it's some kind of tipping point. If you've done enough, because I had, I went to, I told her not to go to the police, but that didn't offset me taking her call and getting the mother thing right. Like, I, I think there's some back and forth. Like, I got the father thing right, yeah, so. If you I, said, um, if you said father or sister, that was a point in your favor. I, I think it was just like some some big math on the side. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting. It seems like about half of people saved her. On Xbox, forty eight percent had her die, and I was actually surprised, especially given the number of people who said they replayed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, that's a successful game design moment. If their goal was for people generally to be split on that. And, you know, you can see those metrics. About half of people save Kate Marsh and about half people don't. Like, they really played that scene out well. And and it's really interesting both ways. I'm glad I'm doing two playthroughs on this because it's it's fascinating to see how that difference is going to affect the rest of the story. Um, Terrible to say I'm glad someone killed her so we could see the other side. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised I'm the only one who told her to go to the police. I, thought I, I also told do. her to go to the police on my okay. like, on my good guy playthrough. Like I get it that you know it's the Prescotts and they're a powerful family, but I mean, but you're like go to the cops, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, go to the police. Go to you the cops. Were, what are you? You're not Encyclopedia you Brown here. Like you think you were raped? This is go a high stakes thing, you know. Go report yeah. it. Well, I don't know, dude. She, she is doesn't... like Paul Muad'Dib. She's got time powers and stuff. She can sort this out on her own. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and it's more that she thinks that she was, yeah, she was drugged. It's well, that's true. Maybe yeah. not. She has raped. very little proof. Maybe not raped. I mean, rape is very serious. I don't want to. I don't want to discount it or anything. But drugged like, and something dark happened to her. That's all we know. Right. She she recalls waking up in a white room where somebody with an authoritative voice was speaking to her and she was very groggy and later she woke up at home with like a headache and, and like, like a poke in her neck. Yeah. And there were um, <laughs> videos of her on the internet. So clearly, yeah. obviously something happened. Yeah. So my biggest mystery, who was holding the camera? Nathan right? Prescott's in the video. Who is filming? Yeah, it's implied a couple of times that it's Victoria, but I don't know if that's a red herring or not. It's got to yeah. be somebody in the Vortex Club, but I don't know. We only really know two people from the Vortex Club, right? Like Victoria and Nathan. There's a few and other associated Courtney, people. Courtney, who sells tickets. Right. Yeah, I wonder I, about um, I think the biggest red herring so far is the security guard, to be honest. You think he's a red herring? Because he's definitely nefarious. Like, that's my take. No, I think he is, I think he is an overzealous, like, security guard. But I honestly think he is, he's an asshole, because we saw him hit his Mm daughter-in-law. But I think he's trying to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, I well, think he's trying he, he to figure out what's going a, on. He does have a kind of redeeming moment. At the very end, it's one of the last conversations you have with him. He does come off as like a somewhat legit dude. Like not a, it's the only time where he's not a creepy asshole. I forget the words exactly, but like even uh Chloe's um mom is like Yeah, she defends you him. Know, 
he was in the military and like he takes his job way too serious, but he's like that doesn't mean he's a bad person. Yeah. Yeah, he, there's a lot of mysteries left here. I think the big one for me is that, you know, at the end of both this episode and the previous one, it shows you that shelf full of red binders with women's names on them, including binders Rachel's name. Binders <laughs> full of women. Binders full of women. Why are we saying this so many times? And, um, and, and in this episode, we see a little more detail of those. One of them, definitely Rachel, um, has like a, uh, you, know, you see that it looks a little more artsy. Like it doesn't just look like a weird binder with a name tag on it. It looks like a a thing full of portraits. And it makes me think maybe Mr. Jefferson, you know, are these like Mr. Jefferson's private binders full of women? You also <laughs> see the creepy security guard taking a picture of Kate Marsh As while she's, she's walking maybe one of the students. crying in the rain. That's true. So, well, we know he's surveilling people. We found his... Uh, his room in the garage in the first episode with all the cameras all throughout the school. Yeah. And so you could, I think that's the thing you can easily interpret many different characters as the creators of these binders full of women. I'm leaning towards the creepy student who um, had the, had, who gave you the pop quiz in the first one. You remember? Oh, so we got like a, in those TV shows when it's always like that one character you only met for like 30 seconds. Scooby-Doo effect. That's right. The guy who draws. Oh, I thought you were going to say the guy who draws pictures of people. Not the because not the artist. Nice. He's fine. He seems okay. I'm thinking the guy that knew oh, the, all about the every Asian guy with the weird yeah. sidewall haircut. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely creepy. That's my random. Like if I had to choose somebody right now. My biggest mystery right now was, and this was something that came just from, I mean, obviously the big mystery of the game is what happened to Rachel Amber. And, you know, we're trying to figure out where did Rachel go? Why did she disappear? Why did she abandon her friend Chloe? I, I think that's on equal footing to what the hell's going on with the giant tornado. Oh, yeah, yeah. Giant tornado. <laughs> where are these time powers coming from? Um, but it's the, snowing. Yeah. It's happening. But the Rachel Amber you know, missing girl plotline had a really interesting twist that I could have easily missed. And I did miss it the first time I played this through. Um, and that's that uh, when we're in the, the junkyard, um, which is, you know, Chloe's secret spot, there's a little shed that it's clear that like Rachel and Chloe would hang out in. And uh, they've got like graffiti on the walls, like Rachel and Chloe were here and that kind of thing. And in the trash, there's a note um, from Rachel, maybe sort of like a journal entry. I'm not really clear. And she's talking about meeting a guy. And the implication up until now has been that Rachel and Chloe were together, or at least, you know, that Chloe felt that way about Rachel. But now we see that maybe Rachel is leaving for a guy. And... I'm not totally clear if that guy might be creepy, crazy, drug-dealing Frank, the guy with the knife who has the bracelet that Rachel wore. And Chloe's like, where did you get that bracelet? It also could be Jefferson. It's hinted in the first episode that Rachel and Mr. Jefferson were sleeping together. That was a, ru that was a rumor at the school. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't yeah. take but that seriously at first, but now I do. So it's Doesn't the note say something like, I know he puts up the bad guy 
attitude mm-hmm. or bad boy attitude or something, but he's really, really not or something like that. So that would fit that asshole with the knife. Yeah, Frank, that guy. It would. Ugh, what a jerk. <laughs> also, Justin, who you call bad boy, but um, hmm. the, the stoner. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is actually written as a, a letter to Max, I think, at the beginning that she never gave Max. Hmm. Yeah, not Max. Sorry, uh, Chloe. To Chloe. Yeah, Chloe. Yeah. Uh, Max destroys the letter or gets rid of it before showing it to Chloe. She decides not to show it to Chloe, so it's still you know hanging in the air. Like it's oh, mysterious. This is so exciting! <laughs> so many things in trash cans. Yeah. So yeah, don't don't forget to look in the trash cans, people. There's all sorts of Check interesting stuff every in there. Trash can. In fact, that's a good Check advice for real life too. Every yeah. Trash can. And then counter advice to that too, or additional advice that we learned from that is if you have important stuff. Don't just leave it in a trash can because <laughs> Shane or Reagan or Laura or myself might be digging around in there, learning that you're pregnant, also <laughs> that you're running off with a bad boy. Yeah. So yep. I'll I'll find out. I'll be climbing in your windows. I'll be snatching your garbage uh, up. Sweet, mm-hmm. sweet ref. Sweet ref. I got the best refs. Everybody knows that. So the the scene in the dump was one of the longest in the game. You know, we kind of escape there apparently during school hours and. Uh, this is where, you know, you're experimenting with your time powers for fun with Chloe. And um, the worst moment of the game, and I we don't need to dwell on it, but hey, could you go and find us five bottles? The freaking girl was holding a bottle, and I had four bottles. <laughs> it's like you're holding a goddamn bottle. That's the fifth bottle right there. And no, she wants me to go find another bottle. So I'm wandering around. I had to go to the freaking internet and Google search how to find these goddamn bottles. And you're literally finding trash in a place full of trash. And the uh. hint you get is, hey, isn't there a bonfire somewhere? The bonfire's hidden. The it's bonfire's between two goddamn cars. Uh. It's between goddamn ten cars in a pile of cars in a junkyard. Who sets a fire there? That is dangerous. <laughs> There's plenty of way better places to set a fire in that junkyard. In the middle of nowhere, put the bonfire there. Not where there's a roof over you. You're going to die of carbon monoxide. These kids are yeah, idiots. These yeah. kids are dumb. That's, that's why Rachel's missing. Yeah. Uh, she died yeah. from carbon monoxide and they buried her. Uh, in episode four, we're going to find her body in the junkyard in one of the cars. Actually, that'd be pretty, that'd be pretty gruesome. When she first said, go find me five bottles, I was like, no way. I'm going to have to find five individual. I'm going to find like a – I kept looking for like a six-pack container. Yeah. With It's like, nope, nope, I had to five find five individual yeah. bottles. I, you know, I, I see where they were going. Like they built this incredibly detailed, really beautiful junkyard. It, it looks awesome. And but it's definitely no the most – Yeah, I know, right? And it's clearly the most detailed and interesting environment in the game so far. And – They don't want you to just walk around in it and then leave. They want you to explore it. They want you to look at all the beautiful surroundings that they cleverly designed for you. But there's so much, so many better environments for them to have you walk around and explore. Like I was a hundred percent into exploring around the diner later on, and I was, but like the the junkyard is just a pile of garbage. There's a ton of interactable items in the junkyard that. What's her face? Uh, Max will have some sort of like, you know, emotional moment with like a school bus. And she's like, oh, think of all the kids that went to school on that bus or like a (laughs) washing machine. And she's like, think of all the clothes that were washed on that washing machine. (laughs) You make it sound pretty trite. (laughs) I know. They were nice. They actually were. um, 
But what happened is because I could not find these damn bottles, I resorted to just kind of like edging along the side, spamming the uh, the like inspect button, hoping to like catch yeah, on a bottle. Same. And it would, I would, I, I can't tell you how many times I looked at that damn bus and had to hear about oh, all the children because <laughs> it's huge and it's in the middle. And I kept hooking on it, and I was like, there's there's got to be a bottle somewhere around here. And there's like little baby puzzles around each bottle like oh no it's on top of the fridge let me find a box to drag oh. over oh, to there's get this. one right next to it yeah okay yeah it, it, we don't need to talk about the bottles I anymore know. it was the worst yeah. part of the I episode agree. just get through it let's talk but, about the diner yeah the diner was sick it was so cool yeah it's probably not how i would have proven that uh i could go in the future but so so guys guys most important choice in the game did you get waffles or an omelet waffles Dude. Waffles. Omelet. Waffles. I don't even know you anymore, Nate. Nate, what the f is wrong with you? Reagan, I have time powers. It's I like ate a bacon the entire somewhere. omelet, then I rewound and ate the waffle. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what you should do. I did not think of that. I was shocked. She doesn't even finish the goddamn waffle. She leaves uh, half it on the table. Yeah, because like, that's what you do with waffles every time you get waffles. You, you only eat like half of them. No. Blasphemy. Shut up. That's not what you do with waffles. I finish them immediately and then get more waffles. I like waffles, guys. I don't we don't have to draw a line in the sand here, but given the choice of a bacon omelet and some waffles, I'm probably going bacon omelet most of the time. Uh, I'm just saying. I can put syrup on that if I want. Because <laughs> that's really all a waffle is, is a syrup trap. I was no, minorly dude. disappointed because I looked at the menu after I ordered the Belgian waffle. And on the menu, it's Belgian waffle and fried fish. I know, and where's so my I thought I was fried fish? fish? I saw the same goddamn thing. Where's my goddamn fried fish? <laughs> she just brought the waffle, and I was sad. Uh, yeah, that's bullshit. No. This makes me so hungry right now. The reason that we're in the diner is to talk to Chloe about the time powers. She wants you to prove to her that you have time powers, and there's this really clever sequence where some stuff plays out in the diner, and you rewind, and you have to sort of tell Chloe what's going to happen. Yeah, well, first she's asking you, like, she says, like, well, what do I have in my pockets? And then you obviously you get it wrong the first time, and then she pulls all the shit out of her pockets and she shows it to you. And then you have to be able to rewind time and pair it back to her. Not only exactly what she has in her pockets, but every detail. Yeah, like exactly how she has money in her pockets, but how many cents? How many of them are nickels? Uh, how many, what uh, time is on her parking ticket? Exactly. And uh, that, that alone was awesome. It's like, it lets you know you need to be able to pay close attention to things. Yeah. And then it follows that up with a whole sequence where you have to tell her exactly, she says, I'll predict the future. And you rewind time, and you have to remember exactly everything that happened. Yeah, over she's the next, lucky. Like, five minutes. Four very distinct things happened in the next thirty seconds. Yeah, but they were cool. I, I thought it was really yeah. neat the way the, the little roach scurries over to the um, the jukebox, and then the jukebox gets messed up because apparently the roach got inside it or something. And you yeah, I didn't notice that. that the first time. Yeah, I didn't notice the roach either. And then that one took me the yeah. longest to figure out what was happening. So yeah, that was that was a really cool sequence, and I thought like. Even though it was just a little bit like gamey, you know, just like, hey, rewind time and do this 
very obvious thing. Like it, it felt a little, little forced, but it was a cool scenario. It felt like you're showing off your cool time power to your friend. How would you guys show off your time power? Because I don't oh, think I would have done it that question. way. I'd pretty much do exactly what you described, Shane, and eat two breakfasts. <laughs> well, but would that that wouldn't prove it to the person. I mean, I think it would be really fun. She has a Polaroid camera, right? And right. she keeps objects she creates. I expected her to take a picture of Chloe from the future, rewind time, and show the picture. Like, that kind of a thing. Like, yeah, that would be cool. from the future. I, I wanted that to happen because she's a photographer. Listen, yeah. Nate, the only appropriate answer here is day trading. Yeah, exactly. Now I'm a millionaire, and I wasn't when we started this conversation. <laughs> right. And now also you're wearing a silly hat. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like a Google yeah. chat for life. Yep. Um, so one thing before we go to speculation, I just want to say my favorite and least favorite line of dialogue simultaneously was from the fisherman outside the diner. Oh, yeah. When you start talking to him, one of the first words out of his mouth is, by Neptune's beard it has. Has Arcadia Bay changed? <laughs> by Neptune's beard it has. That, that guy's like totally modern day fisherman. Ah. <sighs> I think it's I think it's clear that the dialogue problems in this are not just old people not understanding teen dialogue. It's a simple misunderstanding about phrasing. Like <laughs> no one would reasonably expect a modern day fisherman standing in a parking lot with a campaign sign about like save the bay to say buy Neptune's beard in an unironic manner. That's something that pirates say in the <laughs> 1600s, maybe. Rusty steampunk fisherman. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, uh, older than that even. <laughs> okay, so prediction time. Predictions. Who, who killed or who Shanghai Rachel Amber, is she alive or is she dead? And what's the deal with the powers? Okay. What do you <laughs> and think? also, is the guy in the Winnebago, we haven't talked about him, what's his deal? He's Frank. Yeah, that's, that Frank? that's like Frankie, that's Frank, Frankie he knifey, knifey Frank. <clears throat> yeah, of knifey course dude. it's Frank. I totally caught that too. This is yeah. a test. Okay, <laughs> cool. Making sure we all knew that nice. was Frank. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think Frank is your everyday average drug dealer uh, with extra guns. So you don't think Frank did it? Uh, no, I think he might know something. Yeah, I think he knows something, but I don't think he did it either. But I think I, I'm I'm leaning towards um, art school professor guy. And I'm leaning towards some involvement with some student, not necessarily the one that I'm primarily suspecting. Uh, which is is uh, creepy guy with all the Nathan uh, Prescott? No, I think Nathan Prescott is a red herring. I think, I think he the is Nathan too, Prescott, even though I accused and him the of... principal are a new, are red herrings. I mean, he's got a gun and he's like waving it around. He did kill Chloe. He's messed yeah. up, but I don't think he's the primary villain. I think you think there's something more nefarious and, and deeper and darker going on. I bet it's his parents. That'd be a Veronica Mars turn. I mean, at minimum, art school teacher is having affairs with students and is trying to cover it up because that yeah, Kate minimum. Marsh conversation ins- was up. I think up. that's incidental to the like larger creepy storyline. I don't think he's line. killing people. No, I think I he's it. just sleeping with students. Yeah. I think we yeah. have a um, almost like true detective type situation where there's a, there's a deep-seated conglomerate of awful people that are using the various minor awful people in the 
in the town. Time is a Polaroid selfie. <laughs> you know, like like Mr. Jefferson is affiliated. Like the Vortex Club is the kid. Like it's like the teen Hitler or Hitler. <laughs> the Hitler. Did you guys all get to, invites uh, to the party? Oh yeah, I got invited okay. to the party. I can't wait. Yeah. Everybody who's anybody is going to be at that party. Everybody rewound time and got an invite to the party. Wait, yeah, you had to. I don't think I know what you're talking about. Oh, there's about. that lady. You, there's a teen girl not, in the party. I don't think I got it. didn't get invited to the party. <laughs> <laughs> so Courtney's at the Vortex Club table. And when you talk to her, she's like, oh, you dress too bad. There's a dress code. If you rewind time, and you, then Max and, is and like, And you basically oh, like suck up to her. I could use some help with the dress code because you have such great fashion sense. And she's like, oh, God, I do. I'll help you out and put you on the list. Oh, I, I did get not get invited to the party. Oh. What table was this? It was in the hallway at the school. The end Man. of the world's party? Yeah. Oh. Man, so many uh, so many little foreshadowing moments there. Yeah. It's like they're summoning this tornado. Like, the, the, the Vortex Club is going to have a dark ritual at one of their parties that's going to cause this tornado to wreck through town. That's got to be true. I never <laughs> even thought that. That actually probably is happening. I think it's a testament to the to the story that we're spending more time talking about like like oh where's Rachel Amber who did it is Mr Jefferson a creep is Nathan Prescott actually yes, he's a, a creep you know I can answer that one right <laughs> um, okay we're talking about those things and we're talking less about there's a giant tornado that uh, Max keeps getting like sucked into in her mind and she can go back in time like we, we've talked about that stuff for sure but we've mostly been talking about the like character drama yeah yeah it does a great job of being a teen drama like like your Veronica Marses or your you know myriad of uh, WB or CW shows or whatever it um, but it's like not not the not the things about that that I hate. It's all the things about that that I love. Like yeah, it's Buffy being more concerned about, um, you know, the the romantic relationship than the guy who's going to kill her in a week. That's exact same thing happening. There's a tornado coming, and everyone is more worried about the friend in crisis, which is deserved. Yeah. Or yeah, I actually know. I really appreciated Chloe's uh, take on it because. Obviously, Max is dealing with a lot, but she's like, I don't have time to deal with this. And Chloe's like, yeah, you do. You have all unlimited <laughs> time. Like, let's go play around with it. And like, I know she has a lot to deal with, but Max probably needs to lighten up a little bit. True that. I mean, she does get a little action at the end of it. Oh, yeah. What's our what's our who are we shipping with who? <laughs> you know, I feel for Warren, you know, really? I I'm think- totally not on Team Warren. That guy is such a dork. Well, yeah, mm, but I mean, so that's so, fine. <laughs> he likes her. I think she's a strong, independent time traveler who don't need no man. Well, that's a good oh, point. Warren's also a little bit of a, a playa because Brooke really likes Warren. And the second you agree to go with him to Planet of the Apes, he calls Brooke and cancels on her. Oh, I didn't know that. What, how do you find that out? If you eavesdrop. So if you accept the Planet of the Ape thing and then you rewind and eavesdrop he's making plans with brooke for friday night right before you walk over oh no and then you say friday night and then he picks up the phone and is like sorry i I forgot i have other plans on friday that's funny so oh, that's too bad he's like totally putting brooke his arm around so. max at the end by the way like he's totally you know they're watching oh the 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 episode ends with a solar eclipse that that wasn't scheduled for today like 
I, I could buy, okay, mysterious snow comes out of nowhere, but an unexpected solar eclipse. And then they just sort of like embrace and watch it. And, and I was like really uncomfortable because at this point I did, I did have Max agree to go to the planet of the apes because I mean, come on, it's planet of the apes. Sounds awesome. But yeah. um, I really don't like Warren as a character much. And I've decided that my Max is not interested in him. Not sure what her romantic relationships are going to be like if she has any at all, but not interested in Max in that way. I think he's, or not Max, um, in Warren in that way. I think he's uh, kind of lame. I, um, I just don't think it's my right to deny Max and, and Warren's potential love, you know? So I just, No, I, I, I think Warren needs to hook up with Brooke. I think that that's where he belongs. <laughs> I mean, Brooke loves Warren. Warren loves Max. Max is dealing with some stuff. Chloe loves Rachel. Rachel loves who knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, th- I think I'm I'm shipping Max and Pass Apart too. That valid. I can't wait for the next episode. Uh, unfortunately, it's a longer I'm wait for pumped. episode two than we had between these two. So, um, uh, well, we'll meet back you mean here. three. Right. Two, first two episodes. So we, a longer wait between the second and third episode than we had between the first and second. Uh, so we'll meet here again and talk about this some more. I'll be here. Yep, I'm excited. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy every time-traveling teen romance moment of it. Absolutely. I'm going to eat an omelet again. <laughs> I'm gonna eat and again. Uh, you know what? I haven't I haven't had a Belgian waffle in so long. And hey not guys, since you were 13. Guys, uh, favorite if make you prefer omelets and retweet if you uh, if you go waffles. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, uh, if you want to follow our show on Twitter, you can find us at underscore short game, where you can find all the show notes for this episode and every other episode at www.theshortgame.net. You can follow me on Twitter at Reagan K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K, Ray Gank. And where can people find you, Laura? You can find me on Twitter at Laura J. Nash. And Shane, where can people find you? You can find me at Belgian Waffle. <laughs> I wish. At 8-Bit Shane. Sorry. <laughs> And Nate, where can people find you? At NateSTL. And, uh, of course, uh, if you have any thoughts about this most recent episode or predictions for the future, you can let us know on Twitter or by email, info at theshortgame.net. We love to hear from our listeners. Um, Let us know what kind of crazy hijinks you think Max is going to enter into. Yeah, you can let us know what you think at info at theshortgame.net or on Twitter. And uh, we'll catch you next time on another episode of The Short Game.